months and me grumbling in the corner. Oh my goodness. Okay, we're all ready to rock here. Where are uh, are you are you are you settled? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, this is actually kind of cool cuz uh, you have you've been in here for like what 10 minutes? Yeah, about that. Yeah. And normally we um um like we will like have you know the shit show you've come into in the past when you've come to the Dutch Hall. Like I've been, I've been to like so many different variations. Of, yeah. Like not only the way that the the room is set up, but like amount of people changes. I've been because I was. Yeah. I was here like early on. Where it was one on one like this almost. But it was one on one like this, and we were at a table, and my wife came with me. Yeah. And we were like smoking cigarettes, and we were talking after because uh, I you saw me at. Tom Segura, I opened up for Tom Segura. Yeah, that's right. And that was the first one I did. You weren't even doing comedy yet. Yeah, it was. You were my first comedian I had on, and for the express purpose of figuring out how to do comedy. Right. Yeah. 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 You were asking me questions about yeah, yeah. like going to do it and stuff. Yeah. At, at first, when I started this podcast, that's all it was. Like, I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do comedy, and I wanted to do podcasting. Right. But I didn't know how to do either of them. And then I would just book people to ask them questions. Like, I book musicians. Say, how do you get booked? Right. And then I would book, uh, like, I would just be like, uh, like, how do you do your social media? Like, I, you, I would always be like, uh, just having people on for that purpose. I'm not gonna lie. Today's probably about the same thing. I'm right back to that because <laughs> I am, I am, because we used to see each other a lot, uh, yeah. doing, doing shows after that, right? And then, uh, then we, then you both get kind of like where you want the same spot. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. And then you don't see each other as much. And then uh, we also. Like you're also like traveling a lot more, and uh, uh, so like uh, we don't get to sit down and chat. So yeah, this is gonna this is what I'm looking forward to because uh, I I you're always in like the canary in the coal mine for me of seeing like what I should be doing as a comedian or what I you know like what uh, what the possibilities are. Right, right. You know, so I always uh, so I'm really that's what uh, much to our queen. Our one and only Patreon subscribers, uh, dismay. Uh, she doesn't like when we talk comedy shop, but she gives us ten dollars a month, and uh, <laughs> and I do feel I have to apologize to her every time because I'm indebted to her. I'm her, I'm basically her whore. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. I will do whatever she and Clean Flow want me to do. Sure, we'll do anything for ten dollars a month, folks. Yeah, so, definitely. And Clean Flow is giving me. I'm not going to tell you what they're giving me, but it's more. Than, oh, than ten bucks a month. Oh yeah, I'll tell you off air what it is. Brag, brag, brag. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. You're gonna be so envious, Jason. <laughs> I'll tell you, but we'll tell you. I won't tell you the numbers, but it's it's rich. It's, it's good. Rich. Yeah. Oh god damn, yeah. it's rich. Nice. Like I'm gonna start spending. Like like we're gonna start giving listeners uh, gifts with the money. That's how. Frivolous. Oh, that's great. That's I'm great. frivolous with it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not using it even to improve my technology. Reward me for my efforts. No. I'm giving it to them. No, yeah, you already got a great setup here. Pay it back to them. Pay it yeah. back to them. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. And then maybe I'll get more of them. And then once I have more of them, I lull them into a sense of security, and I would just rob them blind. Yeah, like Uber. Yeah. 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 You, see, you spike the. Yeah, yeah. What's it called when they? I never take Uber, but I just know I watched a show about it recently, and oh, that's yeah. why I made that reference. Yeah, I didn't watch it, and I pretended. Oh, I it's what you're surging! About. It's like surge. Yeah, like like when there's do. like a demand that surges. Or? Yes, that's right. So on New Year's, you're suddenly paying like a hundred dollars for an yeah. Uber or something like that. It's ridiculous. I do like that aspect of it, where it's kind of 
like in a perfect world, I don't understand why I can't have Uber in Norfolk County because it should just be you go on your phone and you say like, hey, I need a ride. Who's going to give me a ride? And the people that want to give rides say, I'll give you a ride for the, for 50 bucks. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, and then the, another person will say, I'll do it for 40 and then you, like that until you get the one you want. Yeah, then, why not? Like a free competitive market. Yeah, that's yeah. how it should be for like, sure. And especially it's like – is is Norfolk County not allowing it here, or is that is it just that nobody's doing it here? I think Uber doesn't allow it, or or Uber it says we're not a big enough center. Or something. Oh, I see. Right, okay. but but like for them to invest, what? I mean, no, they don't do nothing. Just give their driver the sign. Or I, yeah, I don't know the business side of like what they would have to like pay into the. Okay. This idea, this idea, I'm going to give you. It's a, it's going to sound smart, but it's it's not smart. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. What if they created like a blockchain, like a ride-sharing blockchain, right? Right. No one profits except the buyer and seller. Like you just have to log into this thing. I don't know what a blockchain is. That's what I mean. I think it's stupid because I don't know at all what a blockchain is. <laughs> She's saying a word. But but when I hear smart people on TV say blockchain, they're saying it like it's real secure and no one's making any money off it, right? Like it's somehow like a computer smarted. That's a word. But how would Uber make money off it? Then? They wouldn't. They would. Yeah. Well, it would that's why new, they won't. It would do have it. to be a new Pied Pipery, like a like you know that guy that invented Bitcoin, that Ushi Mushi Musho. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not his name, but that. Oh, Ushi! I know. I love Ushi. Yeah, Ush. but that the Ush. Yeah. If you're listening, baby. <laughs> yeah, the big Ush out there. <laughs> I don't know. No who this guy is, but he just started it, and he didn't gain anything from it. Uh, it, it was just put out there, like. Uh, like a noble thing to change the world. Can I ask you, as a banker, former banker, Yeah. do you trust that stuff? Because I'm very scared about um, legal tender that we have now leaving us and everything being online. And Whoa. that really worries me. And I, I like having cash on me. I like getting paid in cash, which nobody does in Canada anymore. Yeah. Well, this is what I think, okay? Um I think we've had a, a period of unprecedented. Uh, this almost sounds. This is going to be. Anyways, this is a period of unprecedented prosperity that we've had, and during this time, um, uh, we've had a policy where we can print more money uh, and get ourselves out of trouble. You know, we'll just make more money, put it out there, and uh, in the past, um, when you've printed money, you've given it to the banks. And the banks have given it to people who already have money. Right. And they give them more money and they create this divide. And the idea was with all those old 80s uh, conservatives is that's a trickle down effect. It'll go to the poor people eventually. Right. And it proved never to because those rich people are rich for a reason. That's why they have money. They keep it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this time with the pandemic, uh, the money actually got printed and given to the people that needed the money. Right. And uh, so this actually, this money actually entered into the economy. It entered into the money supply where normally you could print money, give it to these people and it just sat in assets or sat in wherever. But this is actually entering into the, the real world of people buying and selling stuff. And the prices, uh, it stands to reason that the prices will go up on everything. Right. And that the dollar itself becomes devalued. That's just supply and demand. Like it's, Supply and demand 101. If it, the only reason it didn't happen before when they kept doing it was because they kind of kept it protected 
into these people who were just going to get more of it and hoard it wherever they were. Right. And okay. so, so now I think we do have a real, a real chance of the whole uh, shooting match um, uh, uh, breaking down because I think it's the only inevitable end to it. It's basically a pyramid scheme, and it's and it's eventually going to collapse, like the currency. I mean, so the, so blockchain or Bitcoin is a, a finite thing. Like Bitcoin's kind of the same as gold or silver or something like that. There's only so much of it, and it's only going to be worth this. It was when the dollar was based on a gold standard. I'm so sorry that I've, uh, this is like you asked me to spill out all this dumb banker knowledge. That, <laughs> and, you know, I've just nerded no, out on it. blowing my mind. No, this is... <laughs> uh, but it is like I think, yes, that, that Bitcoins are better. I don't own any. But I, I would definitely buy it. I've been. You think it's a good investment? Like I do. Okay. I think it's a long-term investment, though. So if you bought it, it would, you'd want to not so, look yeah, at it every day. In a rush, yeah. yeah okay. Because you'll go crazy. Right. Because uh, until it becomes like adapted by everybody, there's going to be this wild volatility. And if you're if you're looking at it every day, you're going to be thinking, oh, I made a horrible move. I made a good move. I made a horrible right. move. Do you think that physical cash will leave in our lifetime? Physical, like paper money? Like paper money. I think it's pretty much every year becomes less and less, like that's a smaller percentage. Yeah, yeah. That's what I worry about. And I think that the difference between paper money and the numbers in a bank account are, um, there's no real difference. They're this, it's because they rep, they're both representatives of the same kind of thing. But they are uh, – the fact that you don't have paper money means that the, everything's a lot more traceable. Well, and what they only, don't like not about – traceable but also like chargeable because if I have $100 on me, that's uh -huh. $100. Yeah, yeah. Save the $100 as long as I have it on me, I haven't spent it. If I have $100 in the bank, mm. it almost like – you know, within a few days, it could be – $88 because it's $12 for banking fees or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, that's I, what I worry about with, like, cash leaving us completely. I I, I think I think that, that that's exactly right because I don't see – when I was a kid, you know, you put money in a bank account and then uh, you get interest back and you make money. Now you – You lose money. You lose you money, lose money putting by, it in. by putting yeah. it in a bank account and uh, – I used to argue with uh, my bankers all the time if I paid a, even a dollar in fees. I'd be sure. Like, Fuck you. Yeah. And he would say, well, you got to have a minimum balance of this much. I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll save it until I get it, and I'm never paying you guys a penny again. Like, otherwise, why am I putting my money in a bank, you know? Yeah, why not just keep it in my house? Yeah, I'll keep it yeah. in a shoebox under sure. my mattress. It's yeah. way better than that. Yeah. And I have thought I about buying. To keep its value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to get a safe with physical gold and silver in it. Physical gold, yeah. like gold bars. Right. It, for if this shit hits a fan, I got a gold bar for each of my kids. Go back to the gold standard and yeah. yeah. They said no matter what happens in the economy, if you have a bar of gold, like uh, that should buy you a that house. Won't, like that won't like devalue. Yeah, the, the the gold won't devalue. Okay. The dollar will go to shit, but this gold will always be worth a house. You know what I mean? That's what they say. And and like in the like in the past, it would cost you like. Well, that's. I don't know if I could buy a – well, that means it would cost a fucking million dollars to buy a gold bar now, right? Because that's what it costs. That's what a house is. That's like an average house. So <laughs> I think my theory is – scary in its own, yeah. its own way. Yeah, Maybe that's it's a crazy. Cool bars.
But that's enough. Well, anyway, we gotta get the show started. Yeah, sorry. Wait, wait the, the one, the, the, there's one thing we do to start this show that hasn't changed, right? And that is that we play the goddamn theme song, Jason. Nice. I am your host, Pete Van Dyke. We're here on a Saturday. I believe it's Saturday, right? During the day. Yeah, during the day, too. Yeah, we blocked out the curtains. Nothing is less conducive to comedy than daylight. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So we've broken all the rules, but we have, I have in an old guest that hasn't been here for a while, but he's, like we said, been here through many renditions. Ladies and gentlemen, happy to have the show. Jason Allen. Jason Allen. Wait, come on, guys. What's the matter? There you uh, they're tired. <laughs> they're hungover from last night, so. All right. And can you say two times when I say two times? Yeah, of course. And I'm the host of this show and two times. Two times. President's Club Award winner, Pete Van Dyke. Hit it. Come on, guys. <laughs> all right. That's all I deserve for that. So this is our show. There we did it. We, we Our show this week, we got to do some plugs. Jason, um... Uh, you have just, I'm very proud of you. This is a, you're just going around, you're doing your, the hustling. Running around, yeah. You, you've included my podcast in your marketing campaign to promote <laughs> your new album, Known Alias. That's right, yeah. Your second album. It's, well, it's my first full album, but yeah, I have a half an hour out through comedy records as well. And this is all different material. Is it really all? Different? Oh yeah, from, yeah. What, from the other one's called Wood Chipper, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I promoted that one too. Yeah, and you, yeah, you did push that one yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, Wood Chipper through Comedy Records. Yeah. So, uh, but this one, known alias, this is the real deal. It's the real deal. This yeah. is. I feel like, yeah, I've I've grown as a comic, so this one's even. I I like it even more than yeah. the last one. Yeah, it's, I, I've, I've watched you uh, over the years uh, develop and grow, and you started as a one-liner guy. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, that's when I saw you at Tom Segura. You were one-liner. That's right. I was doing one-liners. And yeah. I was really – that's what I said to you when I met you. I said, uh, man, that's a lot of jokes. Like, to even to fill those minutes, like, you yeah. got to be a good oh, writer. yeah. You know, it's a lot of writing, and uh, that's what I give credit for those one-liner guys. Like, man, that's a lot of jokes. Very prolific. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, they're fun to write, though, eh? But they are fun to write too, and your your mind can almost wander more because you're like, I can just write a joke about a pencil. You can just be like more surreal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where now a lot of my jokes are around my life, which is nice too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there used to be a time where I could just like look at a sandwich and make fun of the ingredients or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. I always envy that when a person, like when I hear a joke and it's just a simple, like, uh, 
a simple phrase we use all the time and someone yeah. someone breaks it down and you're like of course like of course that joke was there all the time right it was just right under your nose it was right there yeah yeah it those ones always kind of seem like that to me like uh if you plugged in uh uh uh, picket fence would it be an electric fence or something is that one? Oh no one of my jokes was i wonder if electric fences think of wooden fences as acoustic fences oh that's what it was yeah acoustic fences and ev- how about every book is a coloring book oh or- every every book's a coloring book if you hate librarians <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, yeah those, those are great like jokes a, those are all one-liners of mine yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were like the some of the early stuff, right? That's right, very early on. I'm surprised you remember those. Once, <laughs> once in a while, Katie will say, like, my wife will say, like, a very old joke of mine. And I'm like, it's funny that you remember that. I, like, I don't know, I fell out of my hat a while ago. Yeah, well, the uh, well, the they all came back to me because one, one time we were doing a show on um, St. Patrick's Day at Bramsterdam. Yes. And uh, I think I had the Nocturnal Missions there. And it, St. Patrick's Day is notoriously the worst day for comedy because everyone wants to get boozed. Right. And, and the, we were at a pot lounge. And we're at a pot lounge doing <laughs> so. comedy. So all the things people don't want to do on St. Patrick's Day. So the crowd was thin. It was mostly comedians. Yes. Which is, makes it fun. And uh, that night it was fun. Normally it's not fun when it's all comedians because it's like sad that no one showed up. But yeah. This is an acceptable kind of like comics day to perform for each other kind of. That's right. Yeah. And we had a banjo. And you borrowed the banjo. That's right. I borrowed the banjo, and I played the banjo, and I just said one-liners over top of it. Yeah, very yeah. Steve Martin ass. Yeah, very. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that, and and that's where all those old jokes came back. I'm like, oh yeah, these are the ones. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I've never recorded those either. And once in a while, I think it'd be nice to get enough of them to just record it, and then they're out, and then I'm done with them forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's hard because it's like so many. It's it's so it's so much writing. It's just so much. Not that I don't write a lot now, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of those things different. that through your career, you should just like put them like as you write them, like as they come to your head, just put them in the pile of one-liner jokes, and then and let them collect over the years. Yeah, and then eventually I can go do something with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that would be a cool like even just to, if you did a if you just wrote a, a whole bunch of knock knock jokes, and then. Uh, and then just same thing, just put them in and then did a knock knock joke special. That's hilarious. It would be like something that, yeah, it would stand out. And it right? would just be so different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I kind of think about a lot because, because there's so many comedians and how do you, how do you stand out from everyone else? Like, right. how do you make yourself known? Right. And, uh, if you play with format too much, you run the risk of being a, a hack, you know? Right. Or you could be a genius. Yeah, it's like a fine line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, do you want too many styles or do you want to to grow in your one style? Because that's what a lot of great comedians do is they just grow in their one style. Yeah, yeah. You don't see, you know what I mean? Yeah, but... Chappelle's not releasing a a one-liner... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, album and then doing a story album. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even Gilbert Godfrey released the, the Street Jokes album like the dirty jokes right one but uh which was different than his because there was somebody else's jokes but he didn't really do it he wasn't he was a club comic like he didn't want an album yeah you know I mean? no I, I don't feel like he recorded a bunch yeah no he didn't and just that one and it was just kind of like here i'll do this because i don't want to 
give any of my real jokes away. I want to tour them in the club and get right. Paid. So it's like I'll I'll do my own spin on these classic jokes. Then I'm not burning any. And mine. I'm not burning any of my material. Yeah. Some com- there's a lot of like my favorite comics that have that philosophy. There's yeah. old school comics that don't do like Jay Leno doesn't record. Never has. And uh David Tell's only got skanks and then he did road work and stuff, but Oh skanks are the members. And yeah, like road work is like it's like a crowd work album, so it's kind of like again you're safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're not burning your not stuff. Burning your stuff. And Norm Macdonald did it through gritted teeth just so he could get the sports show. He did a a comedy album. But he didn't even, Wait, and he, then he but he did Hitler's dog too, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Well that was the one I, no he oh there was one Norm Macdonald tells jokes, right? Or Norm Macdonald has a does stand up and then there's Hitler's dog. And then there's Hitler's dog. But oh still for I, such a long career and only two specials. Yeah, and I think both of them he didn't really want to do. He was kinda like it was to get something else. Right. It opens up doors. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, oh, I'll go do this stuff. But because he just liked having like uh Hours and hours of tools in his toolbox. That's right. Just pull it out anytime you want and not be afraid yeah, yeah. to use it. Right. Seinfeld, too, um, has that philosophy. And then there's the Louis C.K.'s and the George Carlin's and the right. Chris Rock's, who are these prolific every, like, yeah. every regular. Yeah, couple of years. Yeah. It's have a Bill Burr's in that category now, Segura. You know what I mean? These guys are yeah. now, you see it more and more now. Yeah, exactly. And those guys... You still, I still like watching, like most of those guys, you'll see they'll add like one aspect to their performance, each special. Right. Like you'll, they don't do like what we were talking about, like it's a whole different genre, but they'll like be, do more act outs or do more, um, uh, like, uh, physical stuff or again, it's just like that, that growth over time. Yeah. 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 We've done it not long enough now that. There's been like a lot of light bulb moments. You know how people. Oh, yeah. You, you know how when you start out and the guys, the uh, the older guys will say, um, like, you got to put in the time. There's no other way to learn it. You just got to put in the time. Right. Like, I can teach you, but you're, it's not going to mean anything. And then, uh, and then you do it the time and then you're like oh well, there, there it is you know yeah like, yeah you don't even realize like when that thing clicks but suddenly you're doing it and if you really think back you're like oh yeah i didn't i didn't have the confidence to do this before i didn't have the skills to do it yeah yeah this way before it just kind of happens yeah you could have told me to do it then but i wouldn't, I, have, done I wouldn't it right. have done it right that's yeah. it i would have messed it up anyways so yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of it is just time in and new comics hate hearing that yeah, yeah. They'll ask me, and I, I, I go, like, right all the time, lots of shows, just keep at it. Mm. And and they keep looking at me like there's, like, some secret. I'm like, but there really isn't. It's no. really – it's just time, man. Yeah, I I, there, I can't agree more. The uh, Doug Koning had one of those light bulb moments uh, where he's like, I figured it out. I figured it out, right? <laughs> right. And his, his fi- thing he figured out was right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like you have to dis- be disciplined. Be disciplined. You have to, right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, it works. I, I want to tell you one thing that I that I learned. Um, uh, I was seeing a therapist, right? Uh, right. Because uh, I'm crazy. And then, uh, so I'm, but it's really good to see a therapist. Uh, anyway, so then uh, he tells me, use your art 
He called it an art. Right. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the only art where if you show proficiency in it in school, they throw you out of the school. It's true. You get kicked out of class <laughs> yeah. for performing your art. Your art. So he tells me to to channel my my negative my anger and my like my problems and everything into my art. Right. Right. So I uh, um, so I I write uh, all my like sad feelings. You know. Like I'll just right. uh, like I'll write down like uh, problems I had when I was a kid, you know. Let's say my dad called me a name, you know. Right. And I'll just be like, "Wham!" My dad called me a name. I'm so sad. I feel like uh, not that happy. It's just like not funny. It's just all a bunch of like like whining like bullshit. It's just the feeling words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just getting it all out on the page. Right. And then all of a sudden, I just keep doing it, like to whatever's coming in my head, just like puking it out. And then all of a sudden, like uh, pops up. Uh, I didn't even know that word meant gay. I thought it was just something your dad called you to stop you from crying. Like that right, popped right. out on the page. It just you know? like happens. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, I love that. I like a, that's a joke, you know, that's a real joke. I think it'll work, you know? Right. And then, uh, uh, I liked it so much that I felt like guilty that some, I stole it, you know, that I heard this before and right. that somebody else's joke. Sometimes it, it just flows out of you when you're like, was that in there from somebody else Did yes he, or is this actually me yeah and that's the fear sometimes yeah right? it's always the google good ones it. right you google it oh yeah i look it up because if it slides out too easily i'm like yeah was it me or was it in there from something i watched yeah. maybe years ago and you gotta you gotta be careful right totally so, man it it fucking uh it's like the worst fear you know that you're up there and everyone's going, that's Bill Burr. For sure. You know, and you're like, fuck, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fraud. I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't ever want that to happen. So, like, but it's always when you write a good one, you're like, that's too easy. And then, and then you're waiting. I'm waiting always to get someone to pull me aside. That's my joke, dickhead. But I haven't heard it yet. It still works. Which is the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you find out, no, you are in the clear. Yeah, yeah. It's not clearly yours. Then you're so happy. Oh, yeah. But what was, what I was saying was, that worked. That what that therapist said. I wrote it on the page. I wrote it, a joke came out of it, and then I didn't care about the wah 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 stuff anymore. It was like you were, you were happy that you got I got currency out of, out of it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I got an asset now, like out of that. And misery. once you have something good out of it, yeah, you forget the bad memory of it. Yeah, yeah. There's been, like there's so many jokes that I tell on stage where it's like in the moment that it was actually happening, I was furious. Yeah, yeah. But now that I found a way to make it funny. Yeah. It's great. The yeah. whole thing is great. You know what I mean? Like the joke about the guy like yelling at me to learn how to fucking drive out of the back of a cab yeah. while I was learning how to drive. <laughs> I was so pissed off in the moment. And then it hit me later and I was like, this is, this is funny. Yeah, and you yeah. just got to make it funny. And now it's almost like a positive memory that that guy yelled at me now yeah, it, because I have a joke that worked out of it. Yeah. So, I find that even before I started comedy, I've always been like, uh, when I travel, I'm, uh, I take risks. Right. <laughs> like I like to, to make the best of, like if I'm somewhere I want to do, like. You want to be like where the actual people are. You don't just want to stay like hiding in a resort or in your room or like you want to be like, where do the locals go? Yeah. Not I the like tourists. I want to go where the locals go. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, I like taking risks like that. And I like, uh, also like I'll do adventurous or like 
things like uh like outdoorsy type things yes that'll yes. also get me into sometimes into trouble so those two both of those i've been in like really bar- bad parts of like towns i shouldn't be in right and uh i've also been but like the point of the matter is at the time it's horrible it's kind of horrifying you know you're terrified yeah and you're like not enjoying yourself at all but as soon as it's over and you're safe like, you have this story and it's it's cool. Yes. And you you just always look at it with a fond memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did that. That thing, like I saw the thing I didn't want to see or whatever it was, you know. I like being in those, like, situations where you're uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's where I think that growth comes from. And no matter what your, what your like, uh, interests are in life, like, if, you, if you're in that, um, if you have that feeling of uncomfortability, that's when you're doing something good. Yeah. Like the worst, the times where I've really freaked out about like uh, spending too much money on something like a house or something like that. And you're like, ah, is that the right move? Right. Uh, those type of, uh, that's always when the best stuff happens. You kind of like when you take away your net and you got no choice but to do it. Yeah. And you just got to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that too? I do. And Katie and I are kind of like going through that right now because like we've been putting money into this trip for the UK. Yeah, yeah. And then that money's going to be gone, and then we're going to have to build up our savings again. But it's kind of exciting to, like, yeah. that I'll come back and be hustling for gigs over the summer yeah, and yeah. trying to build that up and that excitement of, like, almost, like, not having the safety net for a minute. Yeah. And like, also I'm excited about the trip to the U.K., of course, too, and, like, doing all that stuff. So. Yeah, you're going to like it. I haven't been there in a long time, but I went to school there, eh? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went one semester to London School of Economics. Oh, so nice. I lived there in Camden Town in London. Okay. Yeah, which used to be a shithole, but I, I understand it's gentrified now. Yeah, that's what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like Detroit. If you go to Detroit now, there's all these, like, hip spots. Pretty nice. It's pretty nice, actually, yeah. yeah. I know. It's. It, I like. I kind of like Detroit a lot. I like Detroit too. Detroit's fun. Yeah, yeah. But I always like Detroit, even when Detroit was shitty. You yeah. know what? You know what? People from Detroit love Detroit. Yeah, Nobody. Yeah. There's a lot of like hometown pride. So I. I always had a lot of respect for Detroit. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Because they like it. So who cares? Yeah, yeah. That will be the butt of your fucking joke. We don't care. People are still going to Lions games. They stink. They've stunk <laughs> their whole. Yeah, their whole existence—they've been a bad team. Yeah, Nobody right. cares. Detroit loves Detroit. Yeah, they do. And I think that uh, when I was a kid, I didn't like Detroit because the only thing I saw of it was the when you cross the border, right? And then uh, we drove through Detroit to get out of there. And right. Then, uh, so all I saw was like the couple of guys begging for change. Sure. At, as see- soon as you cross the border. Yeah. And then you're then uh, my dad's like lock the doors and then we go through and so I had that image as a kid that that was yeah. Detroit and then I went to a show. Down, uh, you go to shows there, and there's so many cool bands that have come out of like the Detroit or just Michigan area, like Iggy Pop, yeah, Michigan guy, Jack uh, White, Ted Nugent, yeah, Kid uh, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've ruined it. Well, now, well, Motown was all there. Motown was all there. Uh, have you ever heard of Death? They were like the first like black punk band. No, I didn't know that. Uh, they're from Detroit. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of cool, yeah, yeah, cool things. So, yeah, and now it's really cool. 
I, they got, I, uh, now it's really cool. But down, yeah, down by Comerica Park is, is wicked. And then, uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of new restaurants and stuff. Like all the yeah. other people have really reclaimed it. And that's it. Like the, as much as like people always want to bash hipsters and stuff, hipsters come in and they like, they buy something cheap and they make it cool. And then, you know, yeah, yeah. Then your city's thriving again. Like artists save cities all the time. Yeah. Kind of happened to Hamilton too, really. So, yeah, really. Like even James a- Street and Ottawa Street and stuff like that, Lock Street. Yeah. It, those, those were all artists that kind of came in and were like, yeah, hey, we're going to sell gourmet donuts and you can go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. Hamilton's going to thrive again. And it kind of has. So. I really hope that's the future, man. I really hope that we get away from the, like, like I think that I really hope that people eventually realize that these big corporations don't get. Oh yeah, yeah, and these box stores and these yeah. like oh you don't need a Tim Hortons on every block or a McDonald's on every block and like let's have some yeah, let's yeah. have some weird stuff in here instead. The same people who are afraid of, of like artificial intelligence of like robots taking over the world are the same ones that like line up at box stores for every fucking thing they do. Yeah, and those box stores are just the same as those robots. They're they're a like a a, a legal entity, right? Yes. Like, like a a robot's a, a physical entity, but a, a corporation's a legal entity, and they have one singular purpose. They're programmed like a robot to only make money more every quarter than they make. Yeah, before. it's not it's not it's not humanized at all. It's no. not like that at all. It's all about just like profit margins and looking at that and looking at you as a number and a consumer yeah, yeah that's all they think about they want to make money for these shareholders who are invisible who just want more money yeah and then but the real people like the ones that buy the product or the ones that uh work for them they're yeah. the ones that have to make they'll have to do more for less to to uh make them their more money yeah oh yeah for sure that's it's stupid it and that's be. the difference right it's like when you like when you go to somewhere like in hamilton like the burnt tongue you see the owner there it's not yeah. it's not some man on a mountain that you're never gonna see you're just throwing gold up to this like to the yeah. ceo of mcdonald's or wendy's or like whatever else this dude cares because you actually it's... see this dude and he's here and he's like serving you and he yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe he's nice. Maybe he remembers your name or just say, even if not, yeah, yeah, you see him. He's there. He's a person in your city. Yeah. That's actually exciting. I like that too. And then you get, maybe you actually get a sense of community again. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope, I hope that's where the pendulum swings is that we get away from this like mass collective. Yeah. It's, it's so hard because like you saw so many of these, these men and women kind of lose their businesses over this pandemic. So I'm really hoping that like shit comes back or new businesses get bought anyways. And people are like, it's really sad when you see that like businesses is closed and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not fucking, it's not a, it's not a Walmart that's closing. No, no, It's like, it's real people losing their livelihood. Yeah. The ones that are trying to like, uh, do it because they care. Like I always think there was this, uh, there was this old case study about Dell computers, you know, Dell computers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Dell, they, uh, they were a publicly traded company and, uh, they wanted to restructure cause they knew that laptops weren't the future. You know, we have to maybe do something new or something, you know? So Dell's like, okay, we're going to, we need to like restructure. So we're going to lose money for a couple of years and then we'll be able to make money forever instead right. of like trying to make money every quarter till we go broke. 
And, uh, so, uh, they, they're, of course they weren't allowed to do that cause you're not never allowed to lose money. So they had to delist. They had to like, like, buy all their shares back so they could get off of the stock market so okay so they could do the right thing for their company just so they could stay alive you know because otherwise their whole mandate would would eventually like bankrupt them you know right like the system doesn't even help them like it it, it, and they're the it doesn't like to me it's i don't even understand it it's just douchebags i watch the i watch that shit on tv because i still have the knowledge of it like i'll watch the Bloomberg and stuff. Right. And I'll see the stocks going and know what corn's trading at and stuff. And I'll be like, uh, getting angry at the TV. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but because it's like, uh, it's, I don't see how they can't see through it, how it's so, it's just the same emotional greed all the time. Yeah. That drives the system. There's no tangible anything. Like if I go in a, re- a restaurant and the guy who owns it comes out and I know that that guy has to, what he's got to do to make this all happen. Right. You know, like I, it makes sense to me. It's it, but the, the way that the, it's done by these other people, there's no, who's benefiting, you know, they're not yeah. doing it for me. They're not doing it for, you know, I don't know who they're doing it for. So I don't want to, I, I, I hope they all, they all die a horrible death. That's just my opinion. No, I agree. I'm with you on that. My therapist would also say I should write that on a piece of paper and not talk about it with, regular people oh that's something you just like let out of your i feel like no i i i don't know if i agree with that i feel like like you know like like family trauma or issues or like personal rage yeah yeah. sometimes it's good to get it on paper first rather than just bring that on uh you know people um but societal he's talking about i think like societal issues no i i think that humans should be speaking uh, to each other about that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if he was. Tell- I like hearing that other people don't trust corporations because then I know where I stand with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're not a lizard person now. Right. And like, I trust you. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. you're not like, oh, it's just a good business. Oh, my yeah, God. No. You're a scumbag. You know what I mean? But no, you're not like that at all. We, we're kind of like, we're in the same belief systems. And yeah. It's, it's good to know if people like line up with you morally. Well, that's what I would think. I could always, I always have this piece of advice. If you're going to go, uh, no matter where you do business, you want to get a person that like, if you have to like have a, go to a bank and you want a bank manager, uh, you, you got to get a bank manager that hates his job, you know? Right. Cause they're going to work for you, not the bank. Yeah. 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 They're like, fuck the bank, but yeah. Hey, you're okay. I'm yeah. not going to take fuck these guys. You. you know how much money these guys are making? I'm, uh, you, yeah, you should pay less. If you, like, if you came, right. if you came to me as a banker and I hate my job and they're you're like, I think I'm paying too much interest. I'd be like, yeah, I do too. These fuckers are making way too much money. <laughs> yeah. These guys are assholes. Yeah. Whereas the, help you. Yeah. Where, which is, Whereas if a guy loves his job and oh, well, company man is scary. Uh, a company man's never going to help you. Uh, company, they're all, they're about the company. That's right. And yeah. they'll justify, they believe it. Oh, they totally, but they're brainwashed. They're no, yeah. it's a whole, you, you can't get through to them. You can't. Yeah, you can at all. The, the corporation already got their hooks in. So, yeah. So you, can you imagine being one of those people like you, like me who feel this way and then having to go live in the belly of the beast for like 15 years doing that shit oh yeah it's awful it's gonna eat you alive oh for sure yeah yeah that's what i mean like 
it's a real like it it it, had a, it took its toll on my health it took its like on my i was 20 pounds heavier than i should have been i was uh like just aching and pain right. all the time i was like puffed up my face all puffed up right you know like you just look i was all stress eh and then i quit and then it was all gone right isn't that crazy yeah it is but that's like you know you're wrong you know it's wrong for you if yeah, you're doing that. and that's like, oh, that's the proof right there. It's yeah. The proof is that you're just living a much healthier life now, and you just seem like a healthier person. By not doing it. Because you got out of a toxic situation, right? Yeah. So, Where there's people all around me, they loved it. They actually enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I guess it's it's different personalities or whatever, but. What's the longest job you've had? Oh, like definitely like in social work, social service work. I, I worked at the detox center for a very long time. And then so you would have had to deal with like pol- office politics and all that shit. A little bit for sure. Yeah, yeah. Some of that shit. I don't remember it ever getting too toxic. I think my worst work environment was probably at Crash Beds. It was an emergency homeless shelter. Oh, yeah. Which is now closed. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that it's just like – um it, it was people that had been kicked out of every other shelter or, like, had, like, for whatever reason or maybe had bands and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So you were essentially dealing with the worst of the worst. So it was a lot of, like... A conflict like, every day. Conflict constantly. Just everybody was mad at you at one point yeah. or another. Uh, I'd literally have to, like, deal with, like, physical attacks sometimes. It was just a lot of negativity. Uh, it was overnight, so you're just stressed out because you're fucking with your sleep schedule, too. Yeah. I shared a very small office with three other people. The whole thing wasn't conducive for your, your mental health at all. It was very yeah. it was very taxing. We're at least at, like, the withdrawal management center. There's, like... You can a, see the benefit. And there's a sense of hope there. Like, people are coming in to get clean off drugs. Mm-hmm. And even if some of them you can tell aren't as serious as others or whatever else, at least while they're in there, they'll usually give you the, 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 the idea that like, Oh no, I'm really trying this time. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but either way you're in a place where you're doing something good for yourself in this moment yeah, where yeah. you're off, you're off it in this moment where at crash beds, Guys are coming in high out of their fucking minds. There's no no one wants to. Be there. Nobody's nobody's looking to change. There's no. We're here to sleep and eat, and then we're leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like before, you could put up with a lot of things in your job that perhaps uh, you weren't ideal, but you knew there was a greater good you were doing. You could see it in front of you that you were contributing to a change. Yeah, where. Where once I started at Crash, I just didn't feel like I was I was making a difference at all anymore. It just became very draining. Yeah, that was the same with me when I worked for when I worked for Farm Credit. That was a place I worked the longest, and that place they weren't mandate they weren't mandated to make money. They were mandated to help farmers. Right. So I lent money to people who needed it, and I felt like they couldn't get it. Yeah, you feel like you're actually making a difference. Yeah, Yeah, that's how I could justify doing that job I hated for so long. It was because in my head, I was doing it. And I really believed I was, like, when I was with a customer, I was, I would fight my employer to do what's right for them. Right. And then I tried that when I worked at the banks, the real banks. 
and uh, they hated it. They don't like that. They want you to fight your customer for the bank. They want, right. they want yeah. you always to defend them. And I'm yeah. like, whereas at, at FCC, they would say to me, like, like they would appreciate that I was doing what's best for going, the customer. Yeah, going the extra mile for the actual customer. Customer, yeah. yeah. So, like, it, that was my main uh, thing that differentiated me, that made me successful, was that I actually cared about people. Right. And then, so, like, when I went to the bank, it, it, it like, why would I stay there? They're not even letting me do the thing I'm good at. Right. You know, so then I, I only lasted two months at the one and then four days at the other one. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you're done. If you, yeah. you can't even make it a week at the job, you just know. Yeah, four days, It's man. time to move on. He was really, really surprised when I quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he stuck his neck out for me. This poor little, this poor oh, guy, man. eh? He was like a, he was real schmarmy looking, like uh, like real fancy, you know? Okay, okay. You know, and he was younger than me. And he was like the one, he, he like tried to court me for years, like like wooing get me. Get you over there, right. Yeah, to get me over there. And then, uh, so finally it worked out. I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And but I didn't sit right with me to work for someone younger than me. Like it really did. Okay, okay. Like I, I was a bit prideful then. And then, uh, it's like, how did this guy get a better job than me? Like what, who's he think he is? Right. So then, uh. Uh, so there was a bit of that, but plus he would bring me to places when he was courting me that he obviously didn't know me. Like he would bring me to the, uh, golf and country club to the These fancy places that aren't you at all. No. Right. And so I'd be sitting there like, and he goes, I have a membership here. Most of the people, an another guy that's getting your job, he's got a membership and here. And you're just hating it. Oh and my God. Yeah, you're not impressed at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh. Uh, but he really wanted me so that he, like, uh, they gave me a signing bonus, like a, right. like a hockey player. And then, uh, they gave me, uh. Great. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. When you quit after four days, do you have to give this yeah. signing? Okay. $14,000 I had to pay him back. Hilarious. <laughs> I shouldn't say that on here, but. Did you spend any of it or no. was it easy? Yeah, it's only four been days, there for right? four days. So, yeah. yeah. You're like, it was easy to just give it back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so done with money. I would have spent half of it and been like, oh, fuck. Yeah. No, I was good with money. Lucky. Cause like I knew that I was on shaky ground when I took the job. Sure. So like I was. You, you just knew how you were already feeling about yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I, I, there's a good chance I'm going to have to pay this back. So I didn't touch it. Right. And, uh, yeah, they asked for it back immediately. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> 14 grand. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, the guy actually, because I said, I don't want to go work for you right away. I got some other stuff to do for my own personal stuff. Right. Uh, which is also a thing that you don't want when you're hiring somebody for him to care more about no, his, his own personal life. Yeah. Cause I got my, if you have your own personal v business ventures, then why do you need the job? Right. Yeah. And, uh, which is what it found out to be true. So then I said, uh, uh, so then he, I said, I'm not going to work for you for three months. And so he goes, I got to do this other thing first. And then, so he had to work my desk. So he was like doing his manager job and working my accounts that I was going to get when I got there for like three months. And then I was oh, there four days no. and then quit on him. His face, uh, dropped. Like it was, he was in a, a shock. He had no color in his face. You oh know? no. He, he's just sitting there. Like do you talk to this guy anymore or do you just like, you don't communicate with anybody in the banking world anymore? Uh, I don't anymore. That's true. But, uh, except for if they listen to the show. Sure. But, uh, the, um, uh, I was on a train going to Toronto, like I was, uh, and I was just getting on the train at Aldershot. Right. And he was getting off the train. 
and, and you uh, saw him for a second. Yeah, and we passed each other, and he was like, he was like Pete, and then he, you could tell he had like a lot of questions, you know? Right. Because when he right. asked, especially if he hadn't seen you in so long, or like, yeah, he's like, what did, what happened? What'd you do? Because he asked me that even when I quit, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, well, what does that have to do with anything? You know, yeah, like, yeah, that doesn't. Don't worry about that. I'm a grown man. I'll I'll figure that out myself. Yeah, he says to me, uh, "You got to call Frank," and I'm like, "Who's fucking Frank? Who's Frank?" You know, <laughs> he was like uh, all all upset that I didn't know who Frank was. You know, oh no. And then I go, "Well, Frank's the guy who got you the bu- got me the budget, so I could even hire you. He's the one that stuck his neck out for you to get you this job. You got to yeah, talk." So to- really, what he's saying is like. I don't want to go back to that guy and tell him what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You fucking go face this you, guy and tell him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did. I and uh, Frank was like my boss's boss's boss. Yeah. Like that was where it was, right? So I'm on. Uh, but I don't give a fuck about him. I just quit. Sure, you're you're leaving. They right. can't make you stay. So yeah, talk to whoever you want. To. So I was like, ring up Frank. I want to talk to Frank. <laughs> Put him on the phone. Yeah. So I talked to Frank, and I'm like, hey Frank, yeah, I quit my job. I was doing this uh, job renovating a building I bought, and I lost all this weight. I don't have any pain. I, I feel great. I get boners when I wake up in the morning. Like I didn't. You feel uh, yeah, like like yeah. I'm just telling him. Like, I, like, yeah. I told him all that stuff, even about the boners. Like I went. I get boners when I wake up in the morning again. Like, I, I know that this is wrong for me, this type of work. Yeah. So the guy, Frank, says to me, uh, well, it sounds like you got it all figured out. Uh, I look forward to working with you on the other side of the desk someday. And, like, that guy gets it. Sure. He, this he's is like. This guy's wrong. Like, I'm wrong for him. Like, he shouldn't want to hire No, me. that's it. He just knows. He goes, well, yeah, we're different people. You just know to move on. Yeah. Yeah, you're the other side of the desk type of guy, which means, like, you should be working for yourself, not for somebody else. Yeah, that's right. Because you don't have the the temperament to, right. to be one of us. So the young guy, your your boss, Yeah. when you ran into him at Aldershot, did you talk to him for a second or did you just uh, have I just to smiled, hop on the train? I just smiled and waved at uh, him. Okay. Because I was so happy that he didn't get any information. Like, but you could, he was like, what? And he was kind of caught in the crowd. Tell. He was like, and then you're, yeah, that's it. And you're yeah. going to be pulled away. <laughs> but I would, I have cool. no ambition to ever see the guy again. I would, I would hope I wouldn't. Okay. Because I don't, actually, I've been writing a, 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 a script about this stuff. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I say in it that I should feel bad for what I did to him, but I, I don't. I feel great about it. It was just so good for you that you can't feel bad. Yeah. There, like when I walked out of crash beds, there was like I was like one of the more uh, veteran staff there. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and maybe for a second I felt bad for some of like the newer staff that wasn't going to have me there anymore because they always asked me for like. That was the other thing is that like I was a team lead for a bit and I got paid more money. And uh, there's always funding cutbacks in social work, so that got taken away. And I was like, oh, actually, thank God, because I don't want to be yeah, yeah. in charge of anything. I didn't even mind that I was like my pay was going down a little bit. The problem is they're used to asking you everything, so they never stopped. Uh, I was still always like I always like was made to feel like I was in charge around there, yeah, yeah. even when I didn't want to be, even when that position yeah, 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 didn't yeah. exist anymore. So yeah, maybe for a split second I was like, well, they're not going to have somebody to ask everything for, and I was like, you know what? They're adults and they can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's not my problem anymore, and I was so glad to just like put it out of my head. 
Dude, I tell you, I would set up at wake up like I'd be up at night worrying about other people's money problems. Yeah, and they're sleeping like babies. You know, like they have yeah. it doesn't cross their mind. No. And I'm like, I'm taking everyone's problems home and that's, with me. That's what happens when you're where you're carrying too much of yeah. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And that can happen in different walks of life too. That can happen in comedy where it's like I used to like go to shows with guys and then they'd be late or I'm trying to get them this thing and then they're like they're messing it up and after a while you go like, Okay. You just kinda know who you can help and who you can't help. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I just can't be involved with people who are going to make me late to shows or going to like, you know what I mean? Or just like phoning in on stage. I just need to know yeah, who to surround myself with. Yeah, that's true. Do you, one thing you've done that I really admire, but I also am like, I admire it because I can't do it because I don't have it in me and I don't know how to get it, but it's like, there seemed to be a time where I watched you in your career where you you understood your value. Right. And you started making more demands. You know, you started kind of like asking for things rather than just taking what was given to you, you know? Yeah. Was that a conscious effort? Um, yeah, it was probably like a it was probably like a fed up thing and just knowing that like for one like Nobody thinks about you. So if you don't ask, nobody's like, he probably needs more money. Yeah. Or he probably needs yeah. to go on by this time. Nobody thinks about you. Nobody cares. Right. So you, you have to ask for yourself. You, you have to fight for yourself. And the thing is, like, there's a few agents in this country, a few for comedy and they're all overworked. Like I have an agent now. I still have to ask for stuff for myself all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? You just kind of like understand that, uh, you have to do that. And one thing that I like, I heard of like a, a pro comic who's been doing it way longer than me say Don Perret was like, there's actually like a power in the word. No. Yeah. So after a while you go like, no, I'm not, going to Barry and driving four hours in a day for a hundred dollars. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm not. And then you either find another gig around you that pays that and you're not spending as much in gas or they go, okay, you're worth it to us to give you more than a hundred dollars. But either way you can do some work and figure out how to make up for that yeah. Loss. It doesn't always have to be you taking the loss. No. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I have done a bit of it because when you're young, I just want stage time. And, I say, and that's, and that will change too, right? Is that like, yeah, when I was like new, I would use my vacation time. I would go to a backpackers hostel in Toronto mm. and then I would lose money mm. paying for subways and eating out and doing these open mics and getting put up super late. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then. But you do it because you don't you feel do, you have options and well, you really you don't. don't. You really don't have options. Yeah. And you, also, you just want to get better. So, yeah. and I still want to get better. You always should be trying to get better. And I still do shitty open mics and stuff like that mm -hmm. at times. But I feel like I'm. It has uh, to be purposeful. It has to be purposeful. And I'm in a place now where I just won't tolerate disrespect. If I find a host is like putting me on way too late or just being dismissive of me, I go, okay, I'll find something else that's a better fit for me because I, I don't need to be around this. 
Yeah, you know what? I went and did Sudbury, and uh, there was a bunch of comics that just finished another show across town, and they came in to to see the guest spot or whatever. Right. On the show that I was doing, and the guy that was hosting and booking the show um, said, "Hey, these guys are gonna go on. We'll just let you con- do, like we'll continue the show like it is. You headline, and but then we'll bring them on after you." And then I'm like, but I'm the headliner and like, yeah, advertised around me and like, uh, like that doesn't seem right. Right. Like, so I, I said, no, let me go on last. They go on before me. Mistake. Horrible mistake. It was the worst mistake I could have ever made. Like he was right. It was his room. He knew it. The crowd was going to be too drunk to care about these guys. So they're, it's actually a bad spot for them. You don't really want this headliner. He was trying to help me out. But I was in my inexperience and also just unawareness of the situation. Yeah. Just like, I'm the guy that's on the poster. I got to go on last. Yeah. But I don't know. No, it's right. He was right. I'd rather protect the, my set than my title of the headliner. So, yeah, yeah. I would have totally just let those guys go on after, after me. Yeah. Um, I, I get what you're saying. There is, a there is like, uh, an aspect of, like, well, the headliner goes last, and I and yeah. I understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, even gross, but sometimes you'll see hosts do time after the headliner. Yeah, You're like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that bugs me, yeah. Um, but the bottom line, usually usually the host doesn't do well after the headliner. They're, like Usually a host that is doing that yeah, yeah. has done bad all night and is thinking that they'll save it at the end, <laughs> and they still don't. Yeah, they never do. <laughs> Uh, unless the headliner does terrible, and for some reason the host is like, well, I'm going to leave them on a laugh. Yeah, yeah. But I've honestly never seen that. I've only seen the other way. Yeah. And, and you're right. These these uh, locals after, they would have ate shit, but instead they probably ate shit before you, and then the audience was burnt out, and yeah, yeah. then you can't. Yeah. So They did okay. But, they, but that's like a learning experience too, right? That's just yeah. like a, something that like – that had never. That was one of those things about like playing poker where you just got to see see as many hands as you can see. It was that I had never seen that hand before, you know. Yes, and that's it. And I it's, made the wrong. That move. is very rare. You, yeah. You like that's very much that's a small town. Yeah. Comedy thing that these comics were excited like, oh my god, we could get two sets in one night in yeah, Sudbury. Yeah. This never happens. Yeah, yeah. And. uh yeah. yeah, and you just you just weren't aware of this situation, and you're not yeah. from that scene. Yeah, and I thought, well, the room's full. Everyone's having a good time, you know, but I didn't, yeah, like, this, I, I'm projecting. and but yeah. people don't realize, like, comedy, there's a time limit. Now. Yeah, 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 it's true. Because yeah, sometimes, like, because uh, you'll have to say that to sometimes to people that are, like, maybe producing shows or booking shows, and they're not in comedy. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll do a two-hour show. We'll do a two-and-a-half. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. Yeah. We'll never have these people here again yeah, yeah. if we don't do 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 90 minutes is max. That's like the max. Sweet. And sometimes it should even be less. Like at bar shows, we can go an hour. We'll be fine. It's a yeah. bar. Yeah, if it's yeah. a bar show where people aren't paying and you might be fighting with some regulars, yeah, do an hour. Do an hour, yeah. I agree. Hour 15, hour 20 is like almost perfect, I think. Because you just have a bit a bit more than an hour. 90 minutes is what I like as a consumer. For sure. And but, like, and it, it depends where you're at, right? Because sometimes 90 minutes can be like a really good show. But again, it depends 
where you are, like, because there's some rooms that's just not designed for, there's some rooms that just aren't designed for comedy at all. Like, we're talking oh, yeah. about, like, the power of saying no. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, I just, I just said, take my name off the list, and I left Lion's Head. Because mm -hmm. I, I realized I was like, they're so mean there. They're so rude. <laughs> like, the bar owner, like, will joke about how he hates comedy being there. <laughs> yeah. The regulars joke about how they hate comedy being there, but it's not really a joke. They really do yeah, hate yeah. comedy being there. And I'm like, well, I like I'm nine years in. I don't need to perform somewhere where I'm clearly not wanted. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like anything new I try is going to do anything there because they're clearly stating that they hate comedy yeah, yeah. and hate that it's happening here. And I go like. I'd, I'll just find a different mic on a Monday. I'd rather drive an hour and a half to London. Yeah. Every every Monday. They won't put you on. <laughs> you better sign up online first. You got to get there quick. Yeah, they're worried about that. But I well, no, either way, put, they will I'm put just, you on. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying that like I'd rather scramble and find different Monday open mics. Yeah, yeah. Than do the local mic where I'm like. I'm going to get nothing from this show. I'm going to doubt the new jokes I have, and I'm going to I'm going to leave being mad about comedy. Yeah, it's not worth it to me to do that. That is true, dude. Because like, there's a couple things there. Like one time, I was doing this whole death thing, trying to put a submission together for Winnipeg. Winnipeg yeah, and I fucking uh, I was starting. I was writing a lot. And I had some jokes that were getting better, and then. I did this one gig at Austin Beer Hall. And, oh yeah, yeah. And the the um the the sound was weird. So yeah. You, so you couldn't hear the response of the audience at all, and so you felt like you were bombing. And, but like if you were in the audience, you could hear the audience. Like so, I didn't know this, but I asked one of the comics that went on before me, Jen Jen Reeves. Right. And I'm like Jen. I heard your act. You did fine. I I know those jokes. They work. You know, like. How did you feel you did? She goes, I cried in the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, I told you didn't bomb. Like, it was the, must have been a sound it's thing. It's a sound. You just can't hear them. You you couldn't hear the laughs coming back at you pretty much? Yeah, you couldn't. It was all muffled. You could barely hear yourself. And, and then the sound back, I don't know what was happening, but it was hard to hear. I think it's because they were doing it into the curtain or something. It must have been sucking it up. But because the, I did it once. And where you did it at the front, and it didn't, didn't have that same. I problem. find that they can be very nice at Austin, but it is a weird layout. You know what I yeah. mean? The good thing about that show is uh, if you're running around and you, and you book it right, you can get two in one night in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. And neither one of those shows are like awful shows. The, yeah. Sometimes they're not like the best, but I. I've never been like, God, it's so depressing here, you yeah, know, yeah. at Austin or at Emerson. Yeah, yeah. So it's good that way. That's that's a real shame to hear that like well, that Jen I, was like bummed out. And then I that and I felt horrible. Like I felt like I that was a, a real bad bomb with the same material. I thought I was gaining momentum on, and I I lost all confidence in all of it. I felt like such right. a hack after that, and and never went back to it. And. uh Actually, I still feel that way. I still feel like the whole thing was super happy. I think you should, as a challenge to yourself, then you should find a room that has like a a normal human sound system that humans would like to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And try those jokes again, and that'd be a good challenge for yourself. Because that used to happen to me when I was hosting Poacher's Arms, the mic. Mm -hmm. By the end, it was all regulars, and I was hosting. They were just too used to me, so I yeah. was doing jokes. 
that I believed in that are bombing. And then this is around the time I was moving to Hamilton and I moved to Hamilton. And then I started, I was like, no, fuck it. I'm going to try those jokes again. And they started working all the time. And some of those jokes are literally on my first album. Uh-huh. Jokes that were bombing in London because they just got too used to me being the host there. Uh-huh. And I was going to give up on those jokes. And thank God I went to another city mm-hmm. and tried those jokes because those jokes ended up making like the cut of the album. And yeah. sometimes if I'm doing a, a very long set, like when I was in Alberta, a couple of weeks ago, I would go around and there'd be an opener who was like the host and opener. She would do a half an hour and I had to do an hour at some of the shows. And so some of the shows I would do stuff from that old album that, again, like I said, wasn't working at the Poacher's Arms. I do them now and they're still working. Yeah, yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just saying don't always let – I was talking to – actually, I was talking to Gavin Stevens about this once. Yeah. And he was like, you get to a point in comedy where you realize the rule of three is bullshit. And I don't mean like three jokes or like a joke and two tags. I mean, I used to have this rule where I was like, if it doesn't work three times, I'll get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. It cannot work a hundred times. I'll keep working on it until I can make, if I really believe in it. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep working on it till I make it good. Yeah, yeah. The stuff about my mom being married six times, that bombed all the time. Yeah. That then, bombed for like a year yeah. before I figured out how to make it good and did to show people, no, I don't hate my mom. I'm just, yeah. it was a weird life experience for me too. Yeah, yeah. And you figured out how to make it funny and that's on like my, my most recent album. Yeah. Oh, I, I, the two, I just finished a big gay chunk that was hard. You know, it was hard. It's hard to like get through it and make it good. Yeah, yeah and it, it was hard because you people when you miss when you get a word wrong. Yeah, they really don't like it, and so it's very sensitive material. Yeah, and even though I've like, there's no, there's no even chance of me like saying anything negative. I'm like, I've got it framed. Yeah, you're on the right side of the argument. Yeah, and yeah. so like, but but just the fact that you're talking about sensitive subject matter, if you don't hit people all the can still, yeah, if even, you don't hit all the beats right, you're gonna pay for it. But if you can walk through those raindrops and hit yeah. hit them all right, it, it fucking it will get like a huge pop. You'll be yeah, yeah it's you'll be awesome. King. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the work the work that I've had to do on that, and I've done, I'm doing a, a one on um, the word retarded. Okay. It's the same thing. It's very hard. Oh, for sure. That would be very difficult to that, navigate. Yeah. That, that one, I, I really like the punchline. So, like, I, I, I just get excited about the punchline. Right. But I've, I think the punchline is, I like the punchline, but then the, but the setups, I've tried so many different ones to get to that, then they failed so hard. Right. But I like it because I know, like, I see what the, how far that gay chunk has come. Uh, by taking the punches on it, and I know I'll get there with this, but you do have to go out there and slug it out. Sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it, but it's worth it if when you get to the end, you get something that's pretty, pretty bulletproof. Yeah, and it shows, it. and it shows like, like it's like if you were a diver, it'd be a high degree of difficulty. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, so you're like, you fought for, you really fought for, and sometimes it's always like, sometimes it's like. It popped into your head. You did it that night, and it killed. Yeah. And those are nice too. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes those ones that you fucking fought for, yeah, yeah, it's really cool yeah. to have those worked out. 
Yeah, because like I like the jokes that are in the chunk. Like I like the jokes so much that I won't let the chunk die because it's like I'll work out the the how to get there. You can figure it out. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. You should be you should trust yourself enough or be like I'm funny. I'll figure out how to get there and make it easy for like for people to navigate and come on this ride with me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you can follow the logic, you'll enjoy yourself. But if you're stuck in like on like one, but if you're or, stuck on that first word or something or on that one thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it can be tough. So, uh, and then the next thing I got to work on with that whole thing, both chunks, is to not is to portray that I don't give a fuck, which is like not that because I, I I pussyfoot around so much to try to make sure I'm safe, and I right. think I just gotta like be honest. And like, if you, but we're still understanding the rules of Of avoiding the landlines, you know, but like, just say like, like, you know, because I know I don't uh, think anything wrong. Right. So that if I let myself go a little bit, like I should be okay. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. Like you, you want to feel that way. You want to be like, I'm on the right side of the argument. I know this isn't coming from a hateful place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like saying it with confidence and, and, and if you say it with like, I think a, enough confidence of the right approach, then they're going to be like, oh yeah, this guy's not a hateful guy. And it's also, it's it also can... order too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem is that sometimes guys will go up <laughs> and they start with the retard joke and I'm like, dude, they don't know you yet. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes, sometimes yes. it's about building trust, right? Yeah. You and have to do it's that. Hard. I got to build trust all the time. I'm not starting with like my mom's been married six times. No, but like, even just your like look. Gay brother, or even just my look and just be like, yeah, I make some jokes about looking dangerous, but then I'm like, ah, I make fun of myself and. Yeah, yeah. You ease them into it, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I've had like lots of people, and my beer was like longer before, like you remember, it was like yeah, down yeah. my chest and stuff. Uh, I remember Risk. like guys coming up to me after shows would be like, "I thought you were going to be a lot dirtier," and I'm like, "I had to, I, you have to surprise them almost." Yeah, yeah. Because I would say yeah, your your actual guy. your actual act is. It is in contrary to the, your image almost, which is yeah. What, it's almost like it's like I'm I'm not like a like squeaky clean, but I'd say I'm I'm more family friendly than some of these guys that actually look a lot nicer. Than yeah, me yeah, or yeah. Something, right? I'm almost so, opposite. Yeah, you are, and yeah, you're like the clean cut guy who's maybe a little bit dirtier. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm the dirty looking guy who's actually a clean. little cleaner. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. we're both we're kind of like counter of one another. Yeah, because like. Uh, my, all I can grow is these stupid sideburns because uh, my wife doesn't like anything around. Oh, she doesn't like any. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's no problem with Civil War general, though. See, I, uh, <laughs> who does? <Yeah>. Heroes. <laughs> You're hot. Um, yeah, see, I always had a beard. Kitty's like literally never actually like seen see my face, face in person. Oh, uh, um, you would, uh, yeah, that would be like uh, traumatic for her. Oh, yeah. No, she'd probably leave. She'd, or yeah. make me leave the house. Like, she'd be uncomfortable. I remember my dad shaved his mustache when we were kids one time. He had to shave his mustache. Yeah, he always had a mustache. And uh, we all cried. You cried? <laughs> yeah. <We> cried. <laughs> kids, how young were you? Oh, young. Like we were like, uh, uh, like six I'm, or I something was 16. like that. <laughs> it yeah. rattled me to my point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were little kids, though. Okay. Yeah, we were little kids and we were right. like, who are you? You know, yeah, like, who is this man yeah, in our yeah. house? Yeah. It was really shocking. And then, uh, yeah, now then you, we, we always laughed about it. Like, after that, because it's like, what? What do we care? Then, uh, 
But I remember, well, he should grow that duster back, my dad. I should try to get into his ear about it. My dad's growing a beard right now. It's actually, it's, it's getting pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but he never had a beard. Oh, uh, really? He's, he's he, taking it up late in life. Yeah, I guess. Uh, for a bit, he's like, he's like, I'll shave it by the summer. I don't want to walk around the summer with this. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We got a picture together the other day because he came to the album release party and he's like. How'd that go in London? Oh, it was great. It was full. It was like oh, yeah. really full. It was really fun. That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. So, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I love that place and I love gin there and everyone should support him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Korean the chicken there? This is great. Dude, so good. It's great. I had it, uh, actually not, I should have fucking got it. Now I'm kicking myself for not yeah. getting it on Thursday. But I was there a few months ago with Matthew Ferguson and Tyler Shasman. And they're like, dude, you got to get this chicken. And I tried it and I was like, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So smart. I'm like, you're, it's a Korean guy running an Irish it's pub. A Korean guy running this Irish pub. Why not? Yeah, do. Put that on the menu. Yeah, do your Korean. People aren't going to care. Yeah, you don't want to have. A Mexican guy making sushi, you know, like he made yeah, Mexican food. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like you want to have what you're good at, what you love, you know. Oh, they nailed it. It's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. And they give you like kimchi and the like pickled uh, turnip. That's right. Yeah, oh, so That's good. So good. <laughs> He's the nicest guy too. Oh, Jin, Jin, and Jimmy are both amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Now there's another. I don't know if you know this, but Jin's kind of like stepping back a little bit. Oh, is he now? So there's this other um, owner uh, named Nino, and he used to work there kind of like as a bartender, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like waiter and stuff. Uh, and he's involved now. So that's mostly who I dealt with with the uh, album release party was like Nino was like booking the room and everything oh, like yeah. that. But, um, but hopefully I still get to see Jin around there because I, I love Jin. Yeah, he's been so good to me over yeah. the years, yeah. He'll like, even when I was there, it wasn't nothing to do with comedy. I was just there showing, I was in London with my wife and I was just like, Hey, they want to see where I, where I do comedy sometimes, you know? And then we went down to Poachers to have a, a drink and he saw me there and gave us one on the house. And, so nice. Oh, anytime I come in, he's like, you want, what, what do you want? What do you need? And yeah, anytime yeah. I come back, I feel like yes. a celebrity of us. He's so kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I remember even like years ago, like when I was living in London, I worked the door there for a bit. And at the end of the night, he'd take out a shot glass and he'd put it on the table. He'd be like, Dad, just smoke inside. Have a beer. <laughs> I'd be ashing into a shot glass. That's the best. Drinking inside, hanging out with them. Just like very cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Like, and that's, again, you dude. probably can't do that Boston pizza, right? No, and you can't do that in a chain restaurant. Yeah, the I owner mean, of like... Boston pizza would be like, no, corporate will cut my throat. Yeah, yeah. If they find out I let you smoke in here. But that... yeah, Jin, who owns Poacher's standalone bar yeah yeah you kind of have those memories and that hangout and stuff like that right there's a friend of ours that owned the uh this uh, bar in turkey point at tab vannebush she's passed away now but uh she uh let me and my cousins in after hours one time and right. uh, uh we she, we were all uh, like uh, smoking we, some of us brought our own booze in there so when you're a young like, guy and you get into a bar after hour, you just think it's the coolest fucking thing in oh, the world. You it's just, the best. You just feel like a rock star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the best. It's the oh, best. yeah, it's awesome. Everyone else is gone. You get to stay. You get the special treatment. No, it's it's great. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah like, uh, I love it. Swazi's in Waterford. Is, Swaz is like that. Oh, okay. If you stick around, like, and you know Swazi, you Yeah, then he's like, ah, come on. We've oh, got Swazis, right? Yeah, we've yeah, I thought yeah. so a couple times. Yeah. I'll uh, get the fryers on for you. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> good, though. Like, I love those little That's bar great. owners that they're, and they're happy for you. 
like a Swazi. And that's the thing. They're yeah. happy because he's seen me when I started. He was one of the first guys to let me book a show there. And then when I come back, like I do it like maybe once a year. So that right. we see you improve. So they see growth and yeah, stuff yeah. too. Yeah. So he comes over and he's like, man, you're really getting better. Like he's, he gets to see it. Right. So it's it's yeah. kind of nice. Like That is really nice. The guy that does um, Crazy Canuck and Kitchener. He's great like that. He's always rooting for you. He's always like, yeah. on, oh, God. Like over like when stuff just started to open back up again. He'll put your album uh, on the wall there. Oh, yeah. No, I should. I got to bring it in for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. When I um, when stuff just started to open back up, there wasn't a bunch of rooms open in Hamilton. Yet, so I would drive anywhere just to do five to seven minutes just yeah. to kind of knock the rust off, right? Yeah. Um, and I would talk to Sandy McFarlane, who runs the Crazy Connect show, yeah. a rusty nail, and I'd be like, dude, can I just get the guest spot? He'd be like, yeah, 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 come by, whatever. Do your guest spot. And I would do it, and then the owner of the bar would insist that I leave with a free meal. Yeah. I'm like, I do, come on, I did seven minutes. You can't give me a whole pizza. He's like, yes, I can. Yeah, if you don't eat it there, the, he'll make you he, take it home. No, that's what he did. He put it in a box for me. He'd be like, drive it home, eat it at home. Yeah. And it's great pizza. It's great food. Yeah. And, yeah, and they, 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 have a, they treat the comics so well there. Hey, we're, well, he likes comedy. That's yeah. what you want, man. That's what I'm saying. These, like, uh, I feel like some of these newer comics now, they, they have this idea that it's just like, oh, we'll just do a dive bar and we'll just be rough. No. Yeah, yeah. You want nice working relationships. Yeah, yeah. The audience will still let you know if something's not funny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, people still bomb at the Crazy Connect sometimes. They're at poachers, right? It's not too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just book, book bars that you have a good working relationship with. Don't book these places where, like, it almost seems like they hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You want, you want to be guys. excited those, about what you're doing. You want those guys like Jin. And I'm sorry, what's the dude from, I don't even know his name. Oh, shit, don't put he's me so on He's so fucking nice. Yeah, he's the nicest guy, and I don't I, know I can't even know his fuck. I know, I feel But terrible. yeah, that's who you want. You want those kinds of relationships is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. And I can't understand how most of the time it's like exactly the opposite of that where people will book. Yeah, a, like those guys shouldn't be the exception. They should yeah, be the rule. The rule, yeah. Like I think there's people out there that will be excited. Like if I talk to a guy and he's like, okay, you can do it, but I'm not going to do anything for you. You're on your yeah. own. I'm not even shutting the TVs off. That happens. You're- <laughs> oh, that happens way too often. Yeah, that's usually usually what the deal the, the people who are booking are just so happy that they said yes that they take it you know yeah. whereas if you go in there like i know this from like even that's why i'm back to swazis because i i want the room to be a certain way the room's got to be a certain way I, I want, for success yeah and i just i don't want there to I don't want to be intermingled with the regulars. I like i i'd rather have a place where there's a dedicated that's room right. for comedy and yeah. uh so like stuff like that's where i'm uh, where I'm, where I'm at, where I'm like, I want to book, I know what I want in a show now. And if I'm booking it, it's going to be this level of show. And I want to be able to book the standard so that people know if you're booking a show for me, it's going to be good. It's going to, yeah. it's going to cost you money, but it's going to be good, you know? And then everyone can get something out of it. And so I'm hoping with the South Coast Comedy Festival, Jason, just to put a quick ad in there, uh, South Coast Comedy Festival, we're currently looking for fundraising uh, partners uh to do uh, five shows here in norfolk county and so if you're interested please reach out at live from the dutch gmail.com or you can reach out on instagram twitter or facebook and also as always if you do need to give me a 
Any, uh, uh, come on, mouse. Oh, you son of a bitch. If you do need to give me any, I'll just say feedback without the stinger. Then uh, you can also do the same thing live from Dutch Gmail.com or Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that shit. Um, and support our sponsors, uh, uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, go to our uh, website, live from the Dutch Hall.com, and click on our Amazon banner to do your shopping and help us out that way. And check out all of Clean Flow's great products because Clean Flow uh, makes the wheels go on this thing now. Thank you for your sponsorship, Clean Flow, Bling, and Jason. Your album is called Known Alias. Yeah, it's out uh, on all major music platforms yet, or is it? So- yes, no, it's out on everything. It was on, yeah, it dropped on April first. Oh, cool. Uh, check it out on all platforms. And if you're in Hamilton, I'm doing another album release party because I live in Hamilton now. On Thursday, April the 28th at 8 p.m. at Levity Comedy Club. Excellent. I can't wait for that. Actually, I hope to come to that. I'm gonna yeah, yeah, come by. Do a spot, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah. Oh, then I'm definitely coming. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, so uh, that's our show. If I'm going to – let's just uh, – I'm going to ask you one hypothetical question. Please. To end the show. Let's do it. If you could take one aspect of personality, let's say it could be strength – uh, it could be uh, char- uh, charisma, it could be intelligence, it could be anything. And you can amplify one aspect of your personality, but then you also have to lose another part of your personality in order to get it. Right. Which one would you gain? Which one would you lose? Uh, okay. Oh, I think I would... I think, that, yeah, this is kind of easy because I feel like sometimes I can be like a little hot-headed. Right. Um, so I think that if anything, I would like, I would like amplify like my outgoingness and lose a bit of my hot headedness and my, okay, my so, quick to react. So you'd some lose that anger. I'd lose some of that anger. Lose some of the fire for some charm or like some, some for alcohol. like, yeah, for like a bit of like schmooziness and charm, I think would help me a bit more. Is that really? Okay, cool. Cause I wouldn't, I'd take that from you. But I would be the same way. I would want to. I want to get more charm. More charm. But I would get. I didn't know what I would give up uh, to get. I was going to go with just strength or good looks, because both of those are doing <laughs> uh, me no you, good. You can't lose any more of that, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you talking about? I got plenty of spare. <laughs> oh, you should see how beautiful I used to be, eh? That was great. I remember seeing pictures of you as a young man, or like you and you and Jane at the wedding photo. It was handsome. And I'm like, oh, she got fucking robbed in the long run here. What happened? Yeah, but I, at uh, the time, you were you were a good looking guy. Gorgeous, eh? Yeah. Back then, yeah. You lose, you don't you don't understand. That's what happens. You age. I that's still feel I'm that never, way in my head. That's why I'm never losing the beard because if people yeah. saw my my chinless face, oh, you'd be just horrible, be, old looking, oh, wrinkled lizard. Yeah, yeah. It's awful anyways jason you're not that now you're beautiful and gorgeous and we're really happy to have you here thanks a lot for stopping by and chatting with me thank you everyone go support this man's album support comedy and uh we'll see you nt see you next thursday oh wait i shouldn't do that stuff till i got oh the mouse the goddamn mouse it's the bane of my existence it's the most high-tech system and then he just doesn't buy Uh, Exactly. (laughs) See you, NT. See you next Thursday.